Welcome once again to the Mighty Magnify Himself Together podcast for teens. This is the final episode in our series on teenage mental health called Songs in the Night. In the last episode, we talked about depression, the mental illness which inflicts a lot of people. We learned how to diagnose it and what could cause it. We also discussed ways to get help or to give help. With that background, we are now going to open our Bibles and see what it has to say. You know, depression is not named in the Bible, but it is certainly there. This is not something new. But when you know the symptoms, you can easily recognize it. The Psalms have great examples, and Psalm 77 has to be the best of them all. Listen to this and see if you recognize these feelings. This is reading from Psalm 77, verses 1 through 13. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God, and I was troubled. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promises fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And I said, This is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy works and talk of all thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? So when you read that psalm, you can see these are outpourings of somebody who is depressed. Now we've said before that when you're depressed, it is hard to think or even to find joy in anything like prayer. But we still must believe in its power to heal. In verse 1 it says, I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. Prayer is hard at the best of times. Here are five suggestions for making prayer easier and more encouraging when you're feeling anxious or depressed. Number one, keep it short. Better a short, concentrated prayer than struggling with a long, wandering one. Number two, do it frequently. Try these short prayers throughout the day. Perhaps set an hourly timer on your phone. Number three, keep it simple. Just express your feelings to God. You don't need to be eloquent. Number four, use the scriptures. When you can't find words of your own, pray using words from the Bible, like the Psalms or the Lord's Prayer. Number five, pray with someone else. When you find it hard to pray yourself, ask somebody to pray with you. And as awkward as this may seem, I think you'll get used to it. Let us never lose sight that God always hears our prayers. Even when we feel like we are not getting answers, God hears. This is important 
for the psalmist to start out this way because you can hear how he is struggling in verses 2 through 4. It says, In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. Just listen to that. He can't sleep. He can't find any comfort for his soul. That is, there's a constant anxiety. He finds no answers in the Bible because he tries to remember God and it just troubles him. That is, he moans. He turned to meditation. That's what that word complained means. And when he turns to meditation, it just overwhelms him. He is so troubled that he cannot even speak. That is, he can't talk or express himself. You know, if the psalmist were alive today, he would be diagnosed as clinically depressed. In the depths of despair, he turns into thinking and focusing on himself. In verses 5 through 6, he says, I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. I, me, my. Notice how focused here he is on himself. And then comes these flood of questions in verses 7 through 9. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. There's probably good reason for the Selah here. It was time to stop and reflect. Would you ever consider questioning God in such a way? I mean, is it right to question God? To bring into question his very characters, the psalmist does here? Yet, it was these very questions which seemed needful for him. You know, the answer was obviously an emphatic no. It helps the psalmist realize that this is not God's problem. This is his problem. So verse 10, he says, And I said, This is my infirmity. Now this is a difficult verse to translate, but I think the King James gets it right when it says, This is my infirmity. Depression and anxiety turn us in upon ourselves so that we get self-centered and self-obsessed. And how often do we find an answer to our problems when we recognize that we are not thinking correctly? So there is a turning point here in the psalm where he stops thinking about himself and realizes that the problem is with himself and starts thinking about God. He turns from being me-centered to God-centered. Now, that's not easy to do. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's something we all struggle with to various degrees. But like the psalmist, we all have to come into the sanctuary of God to see what is true. As it says in verse 13, Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Now, the sanctuary was like the tabernacle or the temple, and in there was the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat sprinkled with the blood where the high priest would go once a year. This signifying the forgiveness of sins we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our high priest there, the one who was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Now this brings us to consider our Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures say in Hebrews 4 verse 15 that he was touched with the feelings 
of our infirmities. So then, did he ever have these feelings? Did he ever question God? Even now, nailed to the cross, he quotes the scriptures. Even now. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The very words of Jesus on the cross. Now, many commentators run rampant with these words, speculating on how God forsook Jesus on the cross, but nothing could be further from the truth. For God said multiple times, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So nothing could be truer for Jesus and for ourselves. I think the more interesting question is, did Jesus feel this way? Now, you have to realize that when Jesus said this question, he was quoting from a psalm. That's Psalm 22 in verse 1. But is this psalm expressive of the thoughts of our Lord? Did he feel forsaken? You know, many of the Lamentation Psalms express a sense of abandonment. And there's no sin in feeling this way as long as it doesn't lead us to distrust God or accuse him of wrong. It's not a good place to be in questioning God this way. And so we, we must work our way out of that thinking. And that is exactly what happens in Psalm 22, there's this back and forth conversation in the mind of the psalmist, as you can see by the word but that is used in verses 3, 6, 9, and 19. It's a good idea to highlight those in your Bible. Psalm 22 is one of the most powerful prophecies concerning the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is expressive of everything that happened at that moment. So we have to consider all of what it says to be a true of Jesus on the cross. He was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was tempted in all points, like as we are yet without sin. I am convinced that these were his thoughts in Psalm 22, verses 1 through 2. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring, O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. The rejoinder to these questions and feelings is immediate in verses 3 through 5. Now, when I read these, just notice the repetition of the word trust. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered, they trusted in thee and were not confounded. See, that's the answer to these questions and these feelings. It's refocusing and placing our trust in God. But then in verses 6 through 8, it swings back in a challenge. 
but I am a worm. Which again are answered starting in verse 9. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. This back and forth thread all the way through the psalm continues until the final confident answer in verse 24. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. Our Lord has given us the most wonderful example of how to endure suffering and overcome. Jesus is not some far-off figure, remote, unfeeling. No, he knows exactly what you are feeling. That may be hard to believe, but it's true. And while we may feel alone, we can be assured that we are not alone and that Jesus has compassion for us. He has taught us how to pray, and we can have full confidence that God hears. So as we come to this conclusion, let us now pray together. Lord, the great God of all creation, the one who can fill us with all joy and peace, many of those listening now are struggling with anxiety, sadness, and depression. Teach them to pray. Help them to become focused on you and not themselves. Help us all to be able to open up and talk about the things that hinder us in our walk of faith. We thank thee that in your love you sent your Son to give his life for us, that we might be forgiven of our sins. Help us to realize the gift of life, not just in this life, but in the true life to come, the future eternal life, where we can worship and give you all honor and glory. We ask these things now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.